Hi, it's Greg and Lucky. And this is our podcast. If you don't catch us from 5 to 9, this is what you missed. It is March 17th, and with that St. Patrick's Day, are you going to uh, hit a pub if you're, uh, you're able and you're part of the GTA? Uh, certainly, I, I see some tents out on some patios. I don't know that the tents will be needed today because it's going to be sunny and fairly mild. Uh, I, you know, in the past uh, would have always uh, uh, joined somebody. I was never one to go and chase it. I was never one to organize gatherings at pubs. It's, for, for me, it was always interesting with people getting out and starting to drink at 11 o'clock in the morning. When I did join people to do that type of thing, I was usually home and in bed by like 1.30. Because like, <laughs> I just can't go all day at it. You right, know? yeah. But, uh, but certainly I would. And if somebody said, hey, Greg, we're going to go have a pint this morning, I'd, I'd, uh, I'd join in on that, I think. I've always had friends in, in the industry, like, you know, who are either bartenders or... Uh, or managers, whatever mm. waiters, and and so it was always the place to find them. Mm-hmm. Like it was it was pretty simple. I was always coming in. They were always working. Good day for them. <laughs> so sure. I, yeah, all right, well, I'll, I'll come in and meet you for one and, and say hello. Yeah, yeah. To me, it's always been a bit of an amateur uh, hour, much like New Year's Eve, and that those who you know don't uh, drink on a regular uh, basis or haven't built up any kind of tolerance for it go at it hard on this one day. And, you know, then they're lying in their own puddle of filth out in the street or just becoming a complete a-hole or difficult to deal with. And it's noon. Yeah. You know, so uh, I usually, uh, if I, I, I certainly will, will toast St. Patty or St. Patty's. Do we go with T's or D's? Some say it's St. Patty's Day. Some say it's St. Patty's Day. I guess it depends on how many you've toasted already. Yeah. Well, the patron saint of Ireland is St. Padraig, which is the D's. And in English, of course, it's yeah. St. Patrick's. So the uh, the probably the right way is the St. Paddy's Day. But whatever you do, enjoy, toast, be safe. I have a bottle of Jameson under the uh, under the sink. Oh, there you go, <laughs> under the sink. <laughs> what do you clean with it? I keep it hidden. <laughs> it's the sink in the bathroom. I oh, all go right. Go in there for a little sip. What are you doing? I'm brushing my teeth. You've brushed your teeth six times today. <laughs> it's mouthwash. So, yeah. And some will get deep into the uh, the uh, Irish food, the stews, and all the other things, and then putting green into everything. Yeah, I, it's, it is kind of funny, you know. Like I'll have a Guinness, mm. you know, that'll feel about as Irish as I get. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but green food coloring in a Coors Light isn't exactly <laughs> the heart of no, Ireland. Kind of turns my stomach, actually. <laughs> yeah, but uh, whatever you do, uh, enjoy your day. Despite my last name being Luck, mm. there's zero Irish to do with it. <laughs> yeah, shocking. And it is interesting, you know, of all the countries in the world and all the different uh, nationalities and traditions that people have, it is funny that this one day is dedicated to Ireland and, and St. Paddy's Day. You know, this little island out there in the middle of the ocean, which is a beautiful little island. I've never been there, but the photos, it looks lovely. Man, it's good. I mean, it's great, but everybody's Irish on this day. It's such a strange and well, odd thing because it's a it's a hol- it's well not a holiday, but it's 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 associated with partying. It's just a drinking. Pretty excuse. easy to get people on board with right. that, right? Right. It's 
you know, let's drink and be merry. Well, all right. Yeah, it's not like uh, if, I don't know, some country that ate, ate fish constantly said, all right, this is our day. Everybody get into the <laughs> into the halibut. That's right. Yeah. Just for the halibut, Just, let's do it. Let's go. It's 10 a.m. I've already had fish and chips. I'm out of my mind. Teddy Reader joins us for Halinda's Meats on this St. Patty's Day. Good morning, Ted. Good morning, Craigie. Good morning, Lucky. Happy St. Patrick's Day. To you as well, Teddy. And we're thinking uh, Irish on our minds, of course. And I, I got to admit, outside of the potato, I'm not sure I really know much in terms of Irish cuisine. Well, it's uh, first things first. Uh, get yourself a Guinness. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> uh, secondly, uh, get yourself some Irish whiskey. Uh-huh. Yes, sir. Uh, three shots of Irish whiskey, a couple of Guinness, and you're ready to start the fest. That much, those <laughs> shots in that Guinness, all I'm doing is ordering pizza. <laughs> there you go. Happy St. Patty's That's Day. Right. Just make sure it's a green pizza. That's right. All right. Well, this afternoon uh, for the family for well, St. Patty's Day? For, for me, I'm doing a corned beef and cabbage. And so I've brined my uh, corned beef for the last week in a pickle. And so there's pickling spice in there of peppercorn and bay leaf and garlic and a little bit of onion. And uh, it's been sitting in this brine. But you can also, you know, different grocery stores uh, will have uh, it already done for you, already brined. Hmm. So then you just have to cook it. I put it in a pot and I take it out of the brine first and give it a rinse. And then I'm popping it into a pot and I'm going to put it in my slow cooker and let it go nice and slow. I'm throwing in some onions, some celery, some carrots and a little bit of cabbage with that liquid, and let it cook until it hits an internal of about 190 degrees. Wow, and so okay. it's just going to be tender. It's, you know, corned beef comes from the brisket, and instead of smoking it, you're cooking it old-fashioned style in water. But it's beef, and for it to be super tender, you got to take it up to that 195 degrees so that it'll melt. If you just take it to fully cooked, like at 160, it'll still be tough. Can I get lazy and just go buy one of them shopsy bags of uh, of corned beef and dump it in the boiling water? Can I do that, Ted? Yeah, if if you want to do that, you know, knock yourself out. It makes you happy, makes you hungry. I do like That's a good what you got to do. Beef. When I used to do that, I remember my mom doing it all the time. Then on a Kaiser bum with mustard, yeah, very mm-hmm. good. Yes, sir. My dad was a my dad was a newfie and uh, Jig's dinner corned beef, cabbage, and he would cook that the cabbage and the corned beef and potatoes for hours, hmm. low and slow, and the whole house would just smell of cooking cabbage, right? Oh, no. It was a beautiful thing. <laughs> All right. Okay, that's one word for it. <laughs> I don't know, the lovely Maria but if makes you, a, the lovely Maria You know, if you're going to head out soup. to the grill tonight, you know, to me, uh, lamb is extremely Irish, and I would take the, I would take some beautiful lamb rack chops, or the loin chops, and I would marinate them for a few hours in a bit of Guinness, mm. add a touch of garlic, some black pepper to that, maybe some fresh herbs, a touch of mint, some uh, thyme, and then pull it out of that marinade, throw it onto a hot grill, cook them to medium rare, uh, salt, pepper, a little bone dust, steak spice, and you're having a good time. Mm. Nice and simple, mm-hmm. really quick and easy. So You don't have to make this day complicated. It's really about the green beer and the whiskey. That's right. But now let's get back to your corned beef and cabbage. So now you've, 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 uh, you've brined the corned beef. You've got it on the grill. Now what are we doing with it? So it's not on the grill. It's in, a, it's in like a slow cooker. Oh, okay, and sorry, okay. you just cook it until it's tender. You pull it out. All right. You've got all the veg. And, and you, you slice it up and you eat it just like that. If you want to put some great mustard on the side of it, go for it. But it's really easy. All right. You know, it's a one-pot cook. Mm. 
we don't need complicated all our days. No, no, <laughs> no. We got drinking to do. Well, it's yeah, especially Day. when you've been drinking as much as you have for St. Patty's Day. Exactly. But there's a lot. You could make an Irish stew if you wanted to with either beef or lamb and put a little bit of uh, Guinness into that mm-hmm. just to give it an enhancement. Potatoes, onions, carrots, celery, a little bit of leek. A leek and potato soup is, is nice and Irish as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, make yourself some Irish soda bread, and you're having a good time. Beautiful, Teddy. We'll do it. Or I'll just drink all that Jameson and order the pizza. (laughs) (laughs) Well, there's some crazy loon out there making green pizza today. For sure there is. For sure there is. Teddy, if people want to talk to you about St. Patty's Day grilling or anything around the barbecue, how do they get a hold of you, pal? Uh, You can find me in the social media world, at Ted Grills. A year into this pandemic, do you still have a moment when you're walking through a store and see a fully stocked toilet paper aisle and think... I need to buy all of it. (laughs) I will say that I don't know that I'm panic buying, but when it comes to toilet paper, certainly, because that was the one thing early on that everybody was searching for. We used to be the type of uh, family, or I was the guy who did all the grocery shopping. So when we were getting down to a few rolls, I go, okay, time to buy another package. Right. But now I think I have been conditioned to look at sale prices. And even if I got a stack of them in the laundry room... And I see one for four bucks. Can't pass up a sale. I'll take it. (laughs) And I don't know if that's, uh, it's probably COVID related to uh, the beginning of all of this stuff. I've always been like that. And I I think that's my my mom's influence on me because she's been one who's always, she has like a a store. Right. You know, in her own house. Mm -hmm. Pantry full. Everything's just, you know, stocked. Just in case things. Right. And and the things that, if you think about it, you're going to use at some point. Mm-hmm. Right, like you know, it, it's not good for your Costco bills because right. you tend to stack up with you know bulk of items. But you know, deodorant and toothpaste—sure, if it's on know, sale, you're going to need it yeah. eventually, and it doesn't go bad. The biggest waste of money I've always found when stocking up on things is meat and freezing it. Yes, because I'll buy chicken breast if they're on sale, and I got chicken breast in the freezer. Got to be older than Evan. Right. You know? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny because we, you know, when we do the traffic, we have these, you know, traffic tags or commercials that come after them, right? right? And one of them is the region of Durham, and they talk about food waste. Mm-hmm. You know, it was the last one I just read. It was like eleven hundred dollars a year. Yeah, it's what people waste yeah, in crazy. food on average. And if you think about that, like, wow. Yeah. You know, that's a, that's almost a hundred bucks a month. You're flushing. Oh yeah. Just because you know you buy it, it doesn't get eaten, and. You know, it might be a little different for you and I because, you know, I mean, you've always kind of shopped like this. And I find myself doing more of it these days where it's like, okay, I got a meal in mind. I'm just going in the store for that. Yeah. But to do that, you have to buy all of the items. You're getting a lot more of that item sometimes than you want, especially things like spices or, you know, vegetable, right? You might need mm. a few asparagus for, or, you know, a few limes for this one dish or mm-hmm. something like that. But you end up getting six of them, and 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 some will go to waste. I, I I used to be this way with the spice, where if it said I needed just a half a teaspoon, I'd buy an eight dollar bag of spice for yeah. half. Now I do a substitute. I'll constantly say, okay, if this needs saffron, what can I substitute saffron for? Yeah. You know, uh, I've gotten much better with it than uh, than uh, back then. But yes, uh, when asked, many of us are still panic buying whatever we panicked about. In the first place. I thought this was interesting. I read this this morning. When I was about 14, maybe, 
a book was released called The Amityville Horror. Okay. And that book, for whatever reason, just uh, scared the hell out of me, but I loved it. This music's doing it to me. This was the music from the movie. And it's the story, of, if you don't know, of a home in the early 70s in Amityville, New York, where Ronald Defoe, in the middle of the night in 1974, shot and killed his parents and four siblings. And he claimed that it was because there was voices in the house that did it to him. He went to prison. He died on Friday. He was 69 years old. The scary, beyond the death of all these people, was there was a couple named George and Kathy Lutz who moved into the house a year later and moved out again in less than a month, claiming they witnessed all kinds of hostile paranormal activity. The uh, book became a huge success, and then the movie came out in 79. The first one was with James Brolin and Margot Kidder. Then it was remade in 05 with Ryan Reynolds. But that house, when you go look it up, like to this day, so the original house, it's all been remodeled now, and it's actually beautiful. It's a beautiful old home. Right. But the side of the original home had these two windows, and I think they were on either side of a chimney, and they look like eyes. (laughs) And to this day, when I see that type of home with those kind of half-moon windows in them, I wouldn't take it if you gave it to me. (laughs) But again, and we've had this conversation before. Like, if you go look up the home, and if you remember the movie and the book, go do yourself a favor. Go see how the home has been remodeled, because it's gorgeous. I still don't think I could live there with five dead souls in the place. Yeah, 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 yeah. No way. Not a chance. I'm getting chills just hearing that music in the story. Yeah. Ronald Defoe, the man who uh, became famous because of the basically murdering of his family, uh, passed away on Friday. In prison, he was known as the butcher. I wonder why. You know, one of the ongoing things through COVID, and I guess it, it was all a part of the uh, the Trump presidency as well, is the belief that the media is uh, always lying to you. And it's, you know, from, from where we stand, although we're not necessarily news-related, we're, you know, more or less basically an entertainment a morning show. And you know, I'd even use entertaining loosely. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you've been reading the emails. That's right. Um, but uh, it does rub both of us, I, I think, the wrong way when, you know, the likes of the National Post and the Globe and Mail and CBC and, uh, you know, even into the States, NBC Nightly News, uh, Global News, uh, CNN, all of these different outlets you know, are to be uh, not believed. And yet people will spread all sorts of crazy information they get online from all sorts of different sources. And I want to use this as a great example, because maybe if you're caught up in all of that, I don't know if it'll change anything, and it probably won't. But a guy I know, and a friend of ours, he, he sent me this link yesterday. A story supposedly spreading like wildfire on social media is that uh, the uh, the husband of Toronto's top doctor... Eileen DeVilla? Yes. Her husband, who's a cardiologist, I believe, he uh, his name is Dr. Richard Choi. Right. Uh, the story goes that Richard has been arrested for fraud, extortion, money laundering, and other serious offenses in relation to his work at AstraZeneca. He's alleged to have been caught putting illegal pressure on his wife to enact strict COVID policies on the people of Toronto. According to police, he uses threats of violence, financial ruin to get his wife to comply. It is unclear if uh, Elaine DeVilla will face any charges, but Toronto police have stated it's not off the table. The groundbreaking media report that led to the arrest was made by Diverge Media. Because, you know, 
when I think of the top leading news outlets, <laughs> Diverge Media is certainly way above. I kind of put like NBC Nightly News, Globe and Mail, National Post, Wall Street Journal, uh, and then, you know, Diverge. Oh, okay. Um, okay, so so that gets posted. But it gets shared from a, a, a site called theconservativebeaver.com. Now, this is where you have to give your head a shake. If you believe honestly that all these other news outlets are lying to you, but the conservative beaver is telling you the truth. <laughs> so I did a simple, and I'm not one to really ever do a whole bunch of uh, online searches, but I just thought this story is one of these stories that is going to make a lot of people believe, oh, yeah, there's a conspiracy, there's something behind all of this. Right. I searched everywhere. I couldn't find one news outlet reporting that our top doctor's husband had been arrested for fraud. Mm. Yet it spreads like wildfire online. Yeah, the danger, and 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 it and it creeps into all kind of walks of life uh, as well. Is that you know it doesn't take much to start a rumor, mm. right? And it and it doesn't take much, and and it only takes a couple of lies to really give that rumor some legs, mm. right? And, and I don't even uh, calling them lies might be harsh or just. You know, exaggerations. Well, if he wasn't arrested, it's an out-and-out lie. Right. Uh, and and yes, and, and there you know can be some serious repercussions to come from that. But I'm just saying in other walks of life, it, it doesn't, you know, it, to spread a rumor about something or just some innuendo is very easy to do. And it can really, really tumble mm-hmm. a, a lot further than you want it to. And, and it's, it's amazing how many times that happens. And... And it's easy to just go online and just say, oh, you know, you know, hashtag this or or uh, or cancel that or this shouldn't be happening or this happened to me. And 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 and, and, and by doing that, you're starting something that just gets the ball rolling mm-hmm. to an unbelievable level. You're right. The, the distrust part is, is the scariest uh, thing we've seen. It's there's. It's I've seen the meme and I think it's so accurate that we're fighting two pandemics right now. Mm. You know, one's COVID, the other's stupidity Mm -hmm. Uh, in that people will just, you know, openly believe whatever the hell they 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 read without giving it much thought or without actually reading it. Mm. You'll see the headline part of the uh, part of the the Trump, (laughs) the Trump issue. And uh, and you saw it. And yes, I understand that, you know, when. When liberal media uh, types like the like the Daily Show report, mm. uh, and you know they're doing it to poke fun, and they're mm-hmm. they're taking an extreme angle at things, but they're also pointing out the extremes of the other side, mm-hmm. which for some and for many were you know this, and it's not just an American thing. This this reliance on the charter or reliance on the Constitution mm. as your Bible, when most people have never read it, mm. and 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 never you know. You, you'll see video of people in anti-mask demonstrations. Be like, charter, baby, charter freedoms, charter mm. freedom, protecting my charter right. Do you know what those charter rights are? Mm. Have you ever read them? Have you studied them? Do you understand what's allowed and what's not allowed? 
you know, some people just take the word freedom and, and, and think that means I can do whatever the hell I want. And it's not true at all. Well, the problem, too, is that they fall down a rabbit hole with so many others. And the algorithms of websites will show this. And I've seen a few little documentaries and stories about and, and women, especially women who get all caught up, saying the QAnon thing in the U.S., because they, they start to get all these stories sent to them the minute they click on one. And the way QAnon and others operate is very interesting because when they want you to believe the whole celebrities eating babies below a pizza shop storyline, it's because it'll be mums to mums and mums trust other mums. We've got to protect our children. And so they get caught up in this whole cycle of these same stories coming their way. And they, and they believe in all of it until one day they wake up and they go, hold on a second, this, this can't be possible. Some do, some never get out of it and just remain in it constantly. And it's all ongoing belief with so many people that somebody's out to get them. Mm. Somehow, some way, the man's trying to take you down, that everything is a lie and everything is a conspiracy. So anyhow, look, I, I just... Check stuff. All you can do, if you want to believe, that's fine. You know, do what you need to do to make yourself rest at night. But when you get a story from the conservative beaver, maybe do a little fact-checking before you're convinced that our head doctor, you know, is being scammed into saying the things she says. It's, it's absolutely ridiculous. It's your pal, Craig and Lucky. Yesterday afternoon, I uh, stumbled upon on Netflix a show called uh, The Last Blockbuster. And it's a, a documentary about this one last standing blockbuster. And there was about 9,000 of them at one time around the world. Okay. And uh, it now, uh, and I believe it's still open. This documentary was made in 2020. And at the end of it, they said it was still up and running. And it's, uh, it's in Bend, Oregon. And... Um, the woman who runs it, the manager, she started there as a teenager. She known, she's known as the blockbuster mom because she's basically hired everybody in town at one point or another. Uh, and she still runs this blockbuster. And it is becoming like a, it's like people flocking to Graceland. You know, people just want to go and they want to walk inside and they comment about the smell of the popcorn, that blue carpet, the yellow really? walls. It's really becoming a thing. They don't have new movies in there, do they? She has new releases, but she has to go to like Costco or order them. So remember, every Tuesday was new release day at Blockbuster. So on Tuesdays, she goes to like Costco or she goes online through Amazon and she orders them. She says she still has some distribution, but mostly she has to go buy them herself and stock the shelves. And, And a lot of people... Uh, believe, and I always did, that the reason that Blockbuster crashed was because of Netflix. Really, it wasn't because it was really their own stupidity in that the story goes that I think Reed Hastings is the name of the CEO of Netflix and the man who dreamed it up. At some point in the uh, 90s, he went to Blockbuster. He said, look, I got this idea. I see the future, but I have no capital. I I, I just got this idea. Mm. You know, I'll sell you my idea or we can work together in some way. And he explains streaming to them and, and uh, you know, his early idea of uh, mail order um, videos. And uh, they said, nah, we're fine. We're good. The future's not that. It's all going to be in DVDs <laughs> because they owned it all, right? Yeah. They were as big a company as McDonald's at one point. They were bought by Viacom in the early 90s for $8 billion. Wow. Sold for like $30 million, like a decade and a half later. <laughs> Good investment. 
Um, so it is interesting. You would be today, if Blockbuster had made the right move, you'd be uh, chilling and watching Blockbuster. Yeah. You know, it'd be the dun dun dun. It'll be the Blockbuster logo. All blue screen coming up. Instead of the Netflix logo. Yeah. I, I, having that vision or that foresight is so, you know, rare, mm-hmm. obviously. Sure. The ones who have been incredibly successful uh, have had it. Uh, and, uh, and, you know, the drive to back it up too, by mm-hmm. going and getting your financing and getting things in order, in order to do it. Uh, but you think back to that age, I guess, maybe what mid nineties, mm. right? As, as quickly as I am to judge someone at Blockbuster for saying, uh-uh, you know, this isn't going to take off. You remember, you know, that we were trying to scroll a picture of Cindy Margolis and it was coming <laughs> three seconds at a time. Right. So thinking that you're going to scroll through and or, and watch a movie yeah. in high definition, which HD didn't exist at right. that point from your own living room, probably was a bit far fetched at that point. Yeah. And it's all ego driven, too. Right. You got these big men execs at the top of the board of directors for Blockbuster. And this kid comes along and says, I'm telling you. Right, you don't you, you you got it all wrong. And how do you even know which technology is gonna gonna take off? Right, like mm-hmm. you know the guy who you know thought up Laserdisc <laughs> was thinking, <laughs> right. I'm on to something. Got a lot of ashtrays in his basement now. <laughs> this is great, right? Yeah, yeah, you know, or even you know I was having this conversation with my in laws because we were talking about technology and they were struggling with with some computer stuff and and I said you know it, it's. It's not, it's not, it's hard to keep up, mm-hmm. but it's amazing how quickly we just ditch it, mm-hmm. right? You know, I understand for business, Zoom and, you know, WebEx and that kind of thing have been incredibly important through all of this. But remember a year ago when we were like, oh, thank goodness we have FaceTime so we can still keep in touch with friends and relatives and, and, uh, and, and Facebook Messenger video has been able to do that for us. A year later, <laughs> you know, we've got the technology if you had told us in the 80s that, you know, when we dreamed or watched the Jetsons of being able to speak on the phone with someone mm-hmm. and see them, you yeah. know, as we are currently on Facebook Live right yeah. now, yeah. right? We would have said, wow, that's incredible. I can't wait to use that. We've got it. We're in a pandemic where we can't physically see other people. And we look at it and go, oh, I don't want to do my hair for this. Yeah. yeah. No, it's it's the constant complaints, <laughs> right? I mean, I have to put on a shirt. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's, you know, as I said about when this pandemic's over, we'll be back to complaining about whatever's bothering us that day. Yeah. Um, interesting, too, and I, and I think I knew this with uh, Blockbuster and, and the reason why they squashed, because everybody gets squashed eventually. Something comes along. Mm-hmm. So it was the mom and pop video stores at first, and then Blockbuster came along and squashed them, and then Netflix squashed Blockbuster. Like a jumbo video before Blockbuster? There was, uh, there yeah. was a circus, circus video or a circus yeah. video. But the problem was the movie companies... Uh, Paramount Pictures, Universal, all of them, Sony, they tried to sue. They didn't want people selling their movies at home. So they charged the mom and pop shops like $99 a copy. Yeah. And so, you know, Terminator 2 would come out and a mom and pop shop could afford three copies Mm -hmm. because they got rented out in a second. And Blockbuster came along and they cut a deal with the movie companies where they were only paying a couple of bucks per movie. Oh, really? Is that how it was? That's why you had a wall of all one. That's right. But they lied all along because they told people, oh, the reason we charge so much in late fees is because we have to pay the movie companies so much money. Right. But that was a complete lie. Anyhow, yeah, it's for me the nostalgia of it. You know, my boys growing up, I had them in the blockbuster every Friday night. It seemed like for all of their youth. So I, I mean, I would, I'd take a road trip to Bend, Oregon, just to, 
mosey through a blockbuster again. And as much as I... As Dust much, off that Betamax. That's right. Here I come. <laughs> Do a cannonball run, too. Um, I, you know, and as much as, much as I'm nostalgic for it all, I, I, if it came back in about a week, I'd be like, ugh, I got to go to the video store <laughs> right. to return this thing. It's cold. And it's cannonball run, too. Rock Mornings with Craig Venn and Lucky. 94.9 The Rock.